Today's episode contains spicy content. Discretion advised. Please be sure to like and subscribe and stick around after the story to hear my thoughts. Manson turned, pulling off onto a little winding road that led back into the trees. I noticed a sign saying the road was closed and weeds were growing through the cracked asphalt. This is near the old bridge, isn't it? I said. Right on cue, I spotted the bridge ahead through the trees. It was built entirely of wood, an old covered bridge that led over Wixton Creek. It was narrow, only wide enough for one car to drive over at a time, but it certainly wasn't safe for cars to drive on anymore. A chain with a dangling, caution, do not enter, sign was strung across the bridge, preventing us from going any further. They say it's haunted, Manson said, nodding toward the bridge as he parked and turned off the engine. Birds chirped in the trees, the breeze rustling the leaves as we sat in the shade. I heard that rumor, I said, taking a sip of my coffee. Ashley and I came out here one Halloween with a Ouija board and tried to make contact. Nothing happened, but I definitely don't recommend coming out here after dark. It's creepy. He smiled. Did you really? You're full of surprises, Jess. He pushed open his door to let the breeze flow through the cab leaning back in his seat as he sipped his coffee. His hands and his arms were blackened with grease stains from work, and he smelled like motor oil and rubber. He's wearing black coveralls, but the top half was unzipped and pushed down so only his undershirt covered his chest. He looked so damn good, I practically salivated. So my car is almost done, I said. What about my bill? His eyes brightened, a crooked smile tugging the corner of his mouth. You've made good progress with your payments, but you still have a long way to go. That smile turned me on even more. Do I? Damn, I guess I should start trying harder then. The leather creaked as I leaned toward him. His lips parted slightly, his eyes caressing down my body as if his gaze alone could peel away my clothes. I was looking at your list again the other day, I said. I trailed my fingers down his arms, watching a smattering of goosebumps break out over his skin. I absolutely loved knowing when I had an effect on people. These men, as dominant and overwhelming as they were, had little weaknesses I was slowly beginning to figure out. Manson liked the challenge, but I knew what he liked even more. Worship. I said softly, my lips leaving the word like a caress near his ear. You like it, don't you? To have someone on their knees for you, worshipping you, pleasuring you, savoring. My fingers had trailed down to his hand and he caught my wrist using it to jerk me even closer. I do like that, he said, his voice having darkened to a growl that made my spine tingle. An angel should worship her god. Tell me how to worship you. I said so close I could kiss him, but I didn't dare. I waited for permission, for instruction, ignoring the inner voice that wanted so badly to remain in control. He set aside his coffee and caressed his hand over my face. Strip for me. I want to see that beautiful body. Getting out of the car, I watched his face as I walked around to the front of the vehicle. I faced him, the wooden bridge behind me, as I pulled my shirt over my head. Every moment was slow, sensual and I revealed every inch of my skin like it was a present to be unwrapped. He watched me through the windshield, his fists resting against his mouth, his gaze heavy. My nipples hardened as I took off my bra and the breeze swept over me. 
I slipped my shoes off, then reached under my skirt to pull my panties down and dangled them from my finger. He got out of the car, tension in every step he took toward me, like he was trying to hold back as if a part of him wanted to rush at me and grab me. Bend over the hood, he said, and pull your skirt up. I obeyed, my eyes lingering on him as I pulled the skirt up over my ass and bent down on the hood. The metal was still warm as I laid my bare tits against it. He stood behind me and squeezed my ass with both hands. Worship means letting me use you as I please, he said. One moment his touch was soft, the next it was tight and rough. If I want you to suffer for me, you suffer. If I want you to endure pain, you endure it. If I want you to pleasure me, touch me, offer your body up for me, then you do it. Yes, master. The title felt strange on my tongue, frightening and nerve-wracking, but somehow so right. He paused, his breathing going still for a moment. Then he laughed softly, the sound sending goosebumps prickling over my back. I'm going to hurt you, he said, leaning over my back as he spoke to me, the palm of his hand rubbing over my ass. And you're going to thank me. Do you understand? Yes, master. Oh, it made me tingly every time. I gulped and then shifted my position so my legs were spread a little wider. You're learning to be such a good girl, he said. His hand stroked over my thigh, then snapped back, and his palms smacked against my ass with wide enough force to make me gasp. Thank you, master. He pulled his hand back again and landed another sharp smack on my cheek. I groaned, forcing out the words. Thank you. He kept going, spanking me until my skin was hot and stinging. I kept my legs spread, my skirt pulled up, but before long, I'd begun to shake. Every biting impact fed my arousal a little more, and I was wet after a dozen smacks. He kept going, pausing only to say, It's beautiful when you suffer for me, when you endure it because you know it pleases me. You're doing well, angel. The praise fueled me. The next dozen swats made me cry out, and I whimpered waiting for the next smack to land. It was humiliating in exactly the way I craved, making me feel small and blissfully overtaken. Does that hurt? He said sweetly, rubbing his hand over my stinging skin. His palm was so warm, even warmer than my own burning flesh. It hurts, but I like how it hurts. I arched my back, pushing my ass back against his hand. I gave a desperate moan as I did it, anticipating the sting, but wanting it so badly. Please, may I have another master? He laughed, and I thought he sounded so fucking sexy that I squirmed. He spanked me again, right on the curb between my ass and my thigh, and my cry of pain quickly dissolved into a moan of pleasure. God, you're so sexy, he said, dragging his nails down my skin and leaving burning scratches behind. Such a good little slut for me, so wet from your spanking. Two fingers slid into me, and I bowed my head at how good it felt. He pumped his fingers inside me, continuing to spank me with his free hand. My pleasure was growing, my core swiftly heating as my breath came faster. Oh, that's going to make me come, please, please, please. 
I'm going to bring you right to the edge, he said, his tone leaving no room for argument. Then I'm going to stop and you're going to get on your knees. You're not allowed to come yet. I wanted it so badly I could have cried. Don't stop. My voice was heavy with need. Please, please. He withdrew his fingers, bringing them to my lips. Open, he said. Use your tongue and get me clean, filthy girl. I did as he ordered, cleaning my arousal off his fingers as my pussy throbbed with a want for more. He wrapped my long hair around his fist and pulled me up, gripping it as he guided me to my knees. You know I like you desperate, waiting, needing more, needing me. I need you. I whispered the words as I gazed up at him, nuzzling my face into his groin. I could feel his hard length through the cloth, and I closed my mouth over the bulge as if I could tear through the fabric to get to him. Let me worship your cock, master. Please. He zipped his jumpsuit down further, leaning back against the Mustang's grill as I massaged my hand over him, over the black fabric of his briefs between us. He pulled them down, and I leaned close, taking him in my hand and spitting on the head. I used my saliva to make my hands slick, stroking him slowly, watching his face contort with pleasure. Squeeze a little more, he said, his voice husky. That's it, just like that. I kept my face close, inhaling his musky scent before I took him into my mouth. I bobbed my head on him, savoring him, humming as the taste of him filled my head. I was so turned on that any whisper of a breeze over my skin felt overstimulating. My every nerve so sensitive. Manson still held my hair, guiding my head, his hold tightening when he groaned. Fuck, Jess, your mouth feels so fucking good. I loved to watch the pleasure on his face. His half-lidded eyes, his jaw clenching and then relaxing as he leaned his head back. Framed by the Mustang's shining chrome and bright paint, he looked unbearably sexy, too good to keep my hands off of. While my mouth pleased his cock, my hands moved over his thighs, my nails leaving teasing scratches on his skin. After several minutes, he hissed softly and tightened his hold, pulling my mouth off of him. I strained toward him, wanting the taste of him in my mouth, but he gave me a little shake and said, On your hands and knees, now, get your face against the ground. I obeyed, moving into position. I lay my cheek down against the rough old asphalt, keeping my ass up and my knees slightly spread. I felt so exposed out here, the sound of nature all around me. Occasionally, I'd hear a car pass on the road, and I'd hold my breath certain that at any moment I'd hear someone shout that they could see us. But the fear of getting caught was part of the thrill. So beautiful, Manson said, pushing my skirt out of the way. He buried his face against mine, licking up my dripping arousal, his tongue probing me. I gasped at the stimulation groaning as I pushed back against him. I was so close to my orgasm I was shaking, but he stopped before I could plunge over the edge. You want to be owned so badly, don't you? He said, his voice a murmur. I couldn't be sure if he was truly seeking an answer or if he was merely talking to himself. You want someone to take control. You need it. You don't want any more frustrating choices. You don't want to have to think about being judged or rejected. You just want to be a beautiful toy we use as we please. 
There was a click, and I turned my head slightly so I could look up at him. He flipped open his knife, the shining blade catching the knife. I remembered the feeling of him slicing open my skin, how much it had excited me to see my own blood welling up. I felt drunk on the scene he was setting for me. The pain, the edging pleasure, the surety that in that moment I was entirely at his mercy. He could do anything he wanted to me, and I savored that feeling of merely being there to serve. He knew what I wanted, the cravings I feared. The blade traced lightly over the swell of my ass, taunting me. Do you want me to mark you, angel? He said, ravenous desire in his words. Do you want to bleed for me? There wasn't a doubt in my mind that not only did I want that, but I trusted him to do it. Yes, master. Mark me, please. He made a sound that was somewhere between a moan and a snarl. The blade tapped against my ass and he gripped at my hip, holding me in place. Slowly, carefully, he cut into my skin. His pupils dilated, his expression completely transfixed as I whimpered softly at the sting. I was submitting all control to him, but he looked in awe of me, as if I was something to be revered, my endurance admired, my service treasured. There was no other feeling like that. Beautiful. His tongue stroked over the cup before he kissed my skin, whispering his praise. Such a good girl. You look so fucking sexy. He began to rub my clit, and I almost sobbed from ecstasy. I wanted more. I craved him to be inside me. As if he could sense it, the head of his cock nudged against my pussy as he coated himself in my arousal. He plunged into me, immediately setting a hard pace as he pulled back my hips, jerking me onto him with every thrust. His hips slapping against my skin reignited the burn from being spanked, and I relished it, moaning with abandon. A knot was tightening inside me, spurred on by every brutal thrust of his cock. I whimpered, the words shaking. Please, may I come, master? Please let me. Could I stop myself if he said no? Could I possibly hold back? The thought of even having to try was too much, but luckily, I didn't have to. Come for me, angel, he said, his cock punishing me, driving me relentlessly toward my peak. Come on my cock. His words shattered me into pieces. I couldn't think. I couldn't breathe. I could barely even manage to move. Pleasure washed over me in a suffocating wave, and when I finally rose back to the surface on the other side, I was gasping. God, you feel like heaven. Manson's voice was tight, breathless. I don't want a single fucking day to go by that you don't have one of us filling you up. You should always feel us inside you dripping down your thighs, every hole aching. All I'm good for is your pleasure. I babbled, relishing how his breath came faster. Use me whenever you want. Keep me sore, please. I don't want to forget what it feels like, ever. His fingers dug into me, his hips giving one last thrust against me before he buried his face in my neck as he came inside me. He held me so tight and so close. Even after he pumped me full, he kept his cock inside me, sinking back so I could rest against him, holding me up even though his body was trembling. You're fucking perfect, angel. So perfect, you'll make me lose my goddamn mind. 
So that was Losers Part 1 by Harley LaRoe. It is no secret here how big of a fan I am of that series. I just cannot get enough of Manson or Daddy Manson, as the fans like to call him. <laughs> yeah, this this scene in particular, I mean, there's so many scenes within this series that just stick out to me. But I, as much as I love, I mean, and I do love all the scenes where it's like the whole group together, scenes that are specific to Manson and Jess are my favorite because... That's how we were introduced, right? In the dare, it started off with the two of them, even though the other three join in at one point at the end of dare, it started with Manson and Jess. And I feel like even though she has such a strong connection with everybody, they have just this extra special bond together. So I feel like that resonates when I'm reading these stories and reading their scenes together. So in this scene, we touch on worship as Jess and Manson are together. She's I love that what she says that she as dominant as these men are, she's starting to figure out their weaknesses, what it is that they like, the things that make them, you know, tick. And she brings up his list and she talks about worship. And I remember reading that and I was like, oh, that's an interesting, you know, scene to set up with somebody. And I just, I loved exploring that in the book because I love praise, right? We love when we get praise. We love the good girls and the, you're doing a great job. You look so beautiful, you know, that validation. But in turn, worshiping somebody who gives you those same praises and validations, I feel like it's such an amazing trade. I don't know if that's the correct way to put it but it's like yeah how she says like let me worship you show me use me and he says that he's like worshiping is like you basically letting me do whatever I want like no matter what I say and she's like I'm for it and I'm like yeah me too (laughs) sign me up I'll worship too (laughs) if they are worthy of it now that's a big one too I feel like it's so hard when you're getting into this world and you're trying to meet somebody who's in the same mind as you it's so just evident when you meet those type of people who just think it's like oh I'm gonna tell you to do this and because you're into you know BDSM and power play and dom and sub that you're just gonna fold and bend at the knee that easy and it's just like no there has to be this equalness to it right there has to be in the sense a fair exchange right what I'm giving to you you're giving back to me and at the end of the day everybody's getting pleasure from it so yeah I love that if I am worshiping worshiping you it's because you are in my mind earning that worship and it just makes it that much more enjoyable for me during this scene as well this scene takes place outside out in the open technically yes they're off-road they're at this abandoned location but Jess says it herself that every car that she hears driving by she thinks that somebody's gonna see them somebody's gonna spot them but that is even more exciting right it just makes the stakes that much higher now I sometimes I think like yeah I would love to do something like that but I have I'm such a panicky person that I don't think I don't know if I would be able to separate the two from like being able to enjoy what I'm doing and then the fear of like getting in trouble (laughs) I don't know if I would if I could fully fully enjoy it but the idea of it has always been very exciting right it's been very alluring very alluring and of course reading about it I'm like Jess where I'm thinking oh my gosh there's no way that she's out in the open he's literally tells her like 
strip for me. Let me see that beautiful body. And you're like, oh my gosh, okay. But also we are technically in public. Like what happens if you get caught? But obviously that immediately goes away the minute he's like bent over. (laughs) So she's out there, she's bent over the hood of his car and he tells her that he's gonna make her hurt and that she's gonna thank him for it. That When I read that, my jaw dropped. I was like, excuse me? The idea of thanking somebody as they inflict pleasurable pain on you, I was like, I love that. I think that's amazing. (laughs) And the fact that, too, she starts, yeah, he, you know, he's giving her smacks on the ass. And after each one, she's saying thank you and thank you. And I mean, he goes hard and he goes for a while. So she definitely has the endurance for it. But then (laughs) I love at the end that she goes, can I have some more? Like she's still asking for him. And then that just makes him chuckle and laugh because, again, both parties are enjoying it both are getting pleasure from it the pain the humiliation the sensation of it all that's what i love we also deal with scarification some knife play if there's one thing about dark romance books i love me some good knife play never have i dabbled in it yet but i was this the first one that i think this is the first one that i first one that I read that involves knife play. And then I read a few more after that that involve it as well. Yeah, she talks about it. It was earlier, I think earlier in this book. Yeah, they're out in the forest and he carves like a little heart on her finger. That's when she's talking about remembering how it felt then. And then she hears the click of the knife and he does it again. This time he's marking her on her bottom. And I think he carves his initials if I'm not mistaken but I love the fact that she talks about basically that animalistic side that comes out of Manson she talks about his pupils dilating and she hears him make a sound between a groan and a moan and a growl and you know she's feeling the sting of it but that she's loving it as well I just like I was reading that and I was like oh my gosh this is insane but this is like a crazy roller coaster that I don't want to get off of. (laughs) Manson also has like this little portion where he's talking to her saying that she wants to you know be controlled she doesn't want to think about things she doesn't want to make decisions she doesn't want to have thoughts she just wants to be used and I feel at least again I always say based from my perspective when it comes to things of the power play and you know, a dom and a sub and any type of thing where you're basically submitting yourself to somebody else in these senses. I 100% get that where you're like, yeah, I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to know what comes next. I want to know that I'm safe, right? I want to make sure that I'm safe, but I also don't want to know what comes next. And I also don't want to be able to say no (laughs) in a safe way. But yeah, I, I feel like at least for me, and I'm sure with many other people, it just, it clicks for you as well. When he says those things, you're like, yes, you get it. You understand me. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, either I'm not diminishing my own self-worth or my own power or anything like that. I always come back to this is you choosing to give that to somebody, you choosing to let somebody have these choices and have this control and choose these things for you within this, you know, small time frame. And I love that. I think it's amazing. 
We also go into edge play in here, and we know how much Manson loves to control Jess's orgasms. And we all know how much I love reading about those as well. He tells her, too. He tells her that she's not going to be able to, and he he. He always warns her. He's very upfront about everything he's going to do to her. He's like, I'm going to hurt you. Gives her five billion smacks on the ass. He says, I'm going to take you to the edge. Fully makes her edge. I'm going to make you worship me. Makes her worship. So see, this this is why Manson's so great. He's a stand-up guy. He tells you. He looks you in the eye. He's no devil in disguise. He's right there telling you who he is. And I mean, there's a reason why he calls her angel, right? Well, she was an angel on Dare, which is the first Halloween party. But I think it's it's perfectly fitting as the story goes on. Yeah, he takes her right to the edge and she's like begging. And he's like, nope. She goes down on his knees to pleasure him. And I love when Jess talks about, you know, hearing Manson's reactions and seeing his reactions. I know for me personally, like when you're, you know, doing something and you get that groan from from the person you're pleasing or you get that look on their face and you're just like, yeah, I'm doing a good job. Let me keep going because they're having a good time and I'm having a good time. <laughs> so I love that, that just, you know, takes note of that. And then, of course, she's just like, gosh, any breeze that's going to hit my way is going to send me over the edge, pun intended. <laughs> and then, of course, what I love about Manson, again, because I am a praise and validation girl, he just continues to call her beautiful, tell her that she's a good girl at the same time while calling her a filthy girl and saying that she's a toy to be used. There's a balance to it. And we love a good balance. Even at the end, you know, when when they both finish and they're laying down together, he's just like, you're beautiful. You're going to make me lose my mind. And the both of them are just there laying together. And she's saying, you know, I don't want to forget this feeling. It's it's romantic in a way, even though he's saying that she's to be used every day and always to be sore by, you know, one of the four of them or all at once. It's it's sweet, I think. <laughs> I enjoy reading about it, obviously. Yeah, I cannot recommend Harley the Rowe enough. I actually got another book from her. This one, which will, you know, be talking about on this podcast within the next few weeks but the next book that she has involves demons and one of them has a tongue that splits in two so i am very excited to see what she comes up with with that one can only imagine <laughs> but if you are interested in starting with the dare or losers part one losers part two go ahead and support harley Rowe because she is phenomenal and amazing we love 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 these books so much so once again, that was Losers Part 1 by Harley LaRoe. Please share your thoughts and recommendations in the comments. I really hope you enjoyed tonight's story and we'll be back again next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Remember to stay safe. Consent is sexy. And good night. Mm -hmm.